Hey y'all, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Vashti Sarah, and you are plugged in to another episode of All The Things where we literally talk about all the things. So before we jump into this episode, I wanted to share with y'all an incredible company that I have recently joined and been a part of, and that is Every Life. Every Life is a diaper company. They do diapers, they do wipes, um, and their cause is not just creating a product that is good for every baby, but also trying to push the the reality that every baby is a miracle from God and they deserve to be loved. They deserve to be protected. They deserve to be um, supported. And some of their key values is that they celebrate life. Every child is of life and is given and that life is given by God. They stand with integrity. They don't waver left or right like on all the other big companies, diaper companies out there. Um, they champion parenthood. They want parents to be parents. They want and celebrate that. And they're rooted in faith, which is really, really important to me and my husband. And, you know, I I am excited to partner with them. I'm excited to be a part of this journey with them. So if you guys want to support them, which I encourage you to do, support Christian companies, support ethical companies, do so. I will include in a link below, use code VASHTI10 for 10% off your first order. That's VASHTI10 for 10% off your first order every life because every life does matter and they are of God. All right, so let's jump in today's episode. Today, we're going to talk about something a little bit different, and it might ruffle some feathers, but that's what we're here for. We're here to ruffle all the feathers, and um, that is gluttony versus sexual immorality, and it's it's something that the church, I believe, doesn't do a really good job in addressing. We don't talk about it. We overlook um gluttony. We we don't look at that. We solely focus on sexual immorality, which is important. But the, the reality is Paul in 1 Corinthians 6 compares sexual immorality to gluttony and the, the desire for food that becomes a sin. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 6 and we start at verse 12. Paul writes, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and stomach for the food and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for God and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead and he will raise us also. Do not Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I not take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore, honor your God with your bodies. It's interesting, honestly, how Paul 
addresses sexual immorality and he talks about food is for the stomach and stomach for the food and God will destroy them both. And we have this mindset with food just as we have with sexual immorality. Well, I can do anything, right? I, I can do whatever I want as long as it gratifies my needs, I as long as it satisfies that temporary desire for my need to be filled. And Sadly, the church doesn't address the gluttony side of things. We address sexual immorality. Like I said, that is huge. That is important to address. But we don't focus on the reality that our bodies are the temple of the Lord internally and externally. And whatever we put in, whether it be through our eyes or ears, and especially through our mouths, will affect our walk with Christ. But here's the thing. Every culture is different. Every culture has their own theme in terms of how they look at food. And, you know, for instance, African culture, they admire large bodies that is seen as, you know, wealth and status back home growing up in Belize. There's not much necessarily to do. And a lot of events are centered around food. We look forward to food and we look forward to enjoying food with our family and our friends. So, for, to some degree or another, our culture definitely shapes how we look at food. The American culture is big on that, you know, fast food and having that instant gratification. That's a big thing. There's a plethora of fast food chains all over you, all over the United States. And, you know, we, we, we've come to this habit and this lifestyle where whatever is easy, whatever is convenient, whatever gratifies me now is what is good and is what I will partake in. And the Lord, you know, spoke through Paul and he said, Hey, this is not, this is not right. You should not be mastered by food. You should not be mastered by sex. You should not be mastered by these things because they will destroy the temple of the Lord and the temple of the Lord needs to be pure, needs to, to, to walk in holiness and holiness requires you to be set apart. And it's not easy. It's not, it's never going to be easy to walk in holiness. It will take tremendous sacrifice. It will take daily dying to self, but the reward is you not just have a spiritually healthy mind and heart, but you have a physically healthy mind and heart. So Paul reminds us that both sex and food are good things. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you know, I don't eat food and I don't partake in food. And I make sure that I just, um, you know, just eat vegetables all day. No, I'm not going to sit here and say that. I have my moments where I, you know, I will indulge in a good um, pumpkin pie. I love pumpkin pie. I have my moments where I will just eat a good gooey chocolatey brownie. Um, I love rice. Rice is one of those things where I could eat rice every single day. Spam and rice. <laughs> I can eat fried rice every day. Um, let me think. Bread. I grew up with the, a baker in my lineage. I just love bread. I, I grew up in a bakery and outside of a bakery and then inside of a bakery again. My grandpa's a baker. My uncle's a baker. My dad's a baker. My grandma's a baker. You know, I grew up with flour in my blood through and through. And to this day, every week I make um, three loaves of bread. I give my in-laws or I freeze them or whatever. But 
I love food. Food is good. It's enjoyable to the body. And especially being pregnant, you know, certain things sound a lot better, but you have to train your mind just as you're training your physical body to say no to certain things. Or for instance, in the weight room, it doesn't, you don't just start lifting 45 pounds. You start at five pounds and those baby increment steps leads you to that 45 pounds where you can lift with confidence and you won't hurt the rest of your body. But it takes daily discipline. And with food, it takes discipline. It takes dying to self and saying, no, I'm not going to eat that. No, that's not good for me. No, not right now. No, in moderation and understanding it is good but it is good in the right context. It is good in mes- uh, uh, in moderation. The same thing with sex. Sex is good within the marriage, but m- marital sex can be corrupted too when you infiltrate it or when you allow certain things to creep in and then it becomes sexual immorality. But, you know, Paul talks about to be a follower of Jesus, you should be brought under the power of any, you shouldn't be brought under the power of any good thing other than Jesus. And and he says it, these things are good. These things do taste good. These things are enjoyable, but we should not be submitted under them. We should not be overcome by them. Something recently, um, the Lord spoke to me while I was doing my devotion. And it's it's very interesting. Um, You know, I was just sitting there and the Lord spoke or brought to remembrance a verse I read a while back and it's do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And with good is what is God's word with good is spending time with what is good. And that is Jesus. And too often we run away from what is good because we love what is bad. We love what tastes good. We love what's enjoyable. And, you know, um, the, the, the crazy part of this is we will chase after the bad things. We will chase after those things that gratify us in the moment. And then not until after which we're done chasing, we realize, boy, have I messed up. Boy, have I gone too far. Boy, have I just, I'm, I'm, I've, I've, I've gone down the deep end. But there is hope. There is absolutely hope. And Paul doesn't just end that, well, if you allow these things to overcome you, then that's it. You're done for. No, Paul didn't end there. Paul, you know, addresses the reality that sexual, both sexual immorality and gluttony are gross sins and against their bodies. And he emphasizes that, but he also gives hope. Jesus does not allow any master other than himself to rule over us. And we have to give him that authority to do so. If we don't give him the authority to be the authority of our life, something else will be the authority of our life. Something else will rule us. Something else will master us. And the, 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 the key to finding out what is ruling us and what is mastering us is what are your, what do your thoughts look like? What takes up most of your day? What takes up most of your time? And I know this episode is solely focused on gluttony and sexual immorality, but the reality is there's a plethora of sins that are gross in the Lord's eyes. But these two specifically, Paul emphasizes because they gratify the flesh and they also infiltrate your spiritual life. So let's talk about pastors and missionaries and preachers 
and influencers. And I know I'll be stepping on some toes. That's, I paused there for a second because I didn't know how to transition into that. And I, again, like, here's the thing. I don't want to... <laughs> um, ruffle feathers too much, but at the same time, you know, it is what it is. It's a part of the nature of having, um, having this platform and I will ruffle feathers and I have to be okay with it. But the reality is if you look at a lot of pastors, a lot of missionaries, a lot of influencers, they are overweight and they will talk about everything else, but they won't talk about gluttony. They will be on the platform and talk about honor your, your bodies and, and, and deliverance and freedom and holiness and purity, but they themselves aren't glorifying the Lord in their body. And they themselves are under the submission of food. They themselves are struggling with gluttony, a sin that is just as gross. Now, gluttony, the effects of that has a different consequence than sexual immorality. That's understood. But let's not be so high and mighty that we neglect to focus on they're both sins and they're both gross. And God called us to treat our bodies as temples. God called us to treat our bodies holy and set apart. And I think the, re- the, the, the reason why so many preachers and these speakers avoid speaking about this topic is because for the majority of America or a lot of America, gluttony is one of the biggest things that they struggle with. Diabetes, heart disease. Those are some of the biggest issues and the the biggest factors for death in the United States. And it's sad. And we don't address it other than we address it with a pill. We address it thinking, you know, maybe if we just have a quick fix, take a pill every day and you'll be fine. Still eat what you want to eat. And we don't make the necessary changes to glorify our bodies. Here's the thing. If we keep treating our bodies as if it's dirt, keep putting junk in it. What life will we have to live? Our legacy, our span of life is this short when we don't treat our bodies as as the temple of the Lord. And that's not to say you have control of uh, of how long you're going to live, but you also have some say in the sense of how you take care of your body. We have to have discipline. We have to have willpower. And if, if we don't have those things, we'll be mastered by sexual immorality. We'll be mastered by gluttony. You know, those who are overweight and do not exercise are bound in that condition of lack of trying to escape. They've become comfortable with it. And here's the thing. You, it, you don't have to be overweight as in look overweight to have an issue with gluttony. You can be my size. You can be a tiny little twig and struggle with gluttony because with gluttony, there's body dysphoria. There's body image issues. There's eating disorders. And gluttony is a de- eating disorder. It's a spiritual disorder where we do not see the importance of glorifying our bodies for Christ. We do not see the power that the Lord has given us to cleanse, not just our spiritual body, but our physical bodies. But Paul ends it this way. And he said, God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us, raise us up by his power. His power alone can break that chain of sexual immorality and gluttony. 
That's the promise in the middle of the passage that Paul emphasizes. We cannot conquer any physical addictions, whatever they are, whether it be sexual immorality, whether it be gluttony, whether it be um, alcoholism, whatever type of physical addiction, we cannot conquer it without the same spiritual power that raised Jesus from the dead. That's how much control those types of sins have over our bodies. That's how much control it has over our minds, over our hearts. And I think that's until we get to the point where we see how much control those things have over our minds, that's when we'll realize, oh, I need to be submitted to a higher power. I can't do this on my own. I can't just think by cutting out certain things, I'll treat the issue. I can't just think if I just move certain things around, that'll fix it. It requires the power of the Lord that raised Jesus from the dead to raise our dead self, those dead parts of our lives, those dead parts of our hearts. You know, Jesus offers, God offers the resurrection power to help us exercise and eat in a balanced fashion. And I know that sounds so stupid. It's like, what would the, why does the Lord have any, or why would he want anything to do with exercise? And why would he want to be a part of that journey with me? Look, There are days where I do not want to work out. And even in pregnancy, there are days where I'm just not feeling it. And I show up, I put my worship music on in my ear and I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the ability to walk during this pregnancy. Thank you, Lord, for a healthy baby during this pregnancy. And do whatever I'm listening to, the baby's listening to as well. So it's it's twofold. I'm glorifying the Lord with my body. I'm also allowing my child to be in the presence of the Lord and starting that very young because they're at the stage where they can hear. They can hear what I hear. They can feel what I feel. And I want them to be fashioned in God's glory. I want him or her to be fashioned in the presence of the Lord from before they, they, they enter this world. But it requires the resurrection of the resurrection power of the Lord in order to combat and fight these types of sins. These sins are ugly. These sins are gross. These sins are, are what keep us from having a deeper relationship with the Lord. Now, I will caveat and say we can become overly obsessed about our outward appearance. We can become overly obsessed of, you know, our physique, that that becomes a God in our life. And there's a fine balance. Just as you can be overly obsessed about purity and overly obsessed about what sex should look like in the marriage, that it no longer becomes sacred. It becomes a to-do list and we only should do it like this to glorify the Lord. And, you know, so there, there are areas where it becomes gray, but for the most part, the Lord is very clear that our bodies should glorify the Lord. Our bodies were created to glorify the Lord. And something I wanted to, to touch on is Psalm 51. And David wrote this for those of you who are struggling with sexual immorality and um, gluttony. And, you know, Paul, not Paul, sorry, David writes in Psalm 51, cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Hear me. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. 
that sustaining spirit is that your willingness to submit to the Lord and saying, I can't do this on my own. I just can't. I can't do this on my own. I can't do this race on my own. It requires a holy movement. It requires a power that is far greater than mine. And until we get to that point, until we get to to that realization, we will keep struggling in sin. We will keep um, being overcome by those strongholds until we submit to the Lord and say, hey, I need you. I can't do this on my own. I can't. So I hope this episode encourages you. I hope it gives some type of perspective on the reality that gluttony is a sin. Gluttony is awful. Gluttony is, it's not something that we should overlook, even though we do many a times over and over and over and over again. Gluttony is one of those things where we just chalk it up to, well, they just really like food and food's great, but we have to watch what we allow in our bodies, not just in through our eyes or ears. And that is important. I'm not trying to dismiss that at all. We have to be careful what we plug ourselves into, but we also have to be careful what we're allowing in our mouths because your health is important. And another thing I want to touch on, the Lord just um, brought it into remembrance is how easy it is to fall into sin. It is tremendously easy, tremendously easy. In Proverbs 9, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom, your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there and her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. Wild, wild passage of scripture there. The beginning of wisdom is when we fear the Lord. And what brings understanding is the knowledge of the Holy One. If you are wise, wisdom will reward you. If you mock, you alone will suffer. And I think that's what a lot of us do with certain parts of Christianity. We mock it. And we don't realize that we're the only ones that are going to suffer. We mock those who work out or, or take our bodies physically seriously. We mock those who have strict boundaries in their marriage. We mock those who have strict boundaries with, with um, sex outside and inside marriage. We mock those who you know are overly spiritual and want to memorize every verse in the Bible. But you know who suffers? The mocker not the one who is striving to be holy before the Lord. They're not the ones that suffering. We are. And scripture is very clear. The thing is like, we didn't need scripture to tell us that, that we'd be the one that's struggling, but scripture is very clear. And David made that very evident. If you're a mocker, you alone will suffer. You alone, no one else, just you. 
And I love that he, he mentions the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. If we don't fear the Lord, we will lack wisdom. And it'll be so easy to be the one who walks into that house and eats this and drinks stolen water and eat food in secret. We will be that one. If we don't have knowledge of who God is, we won't have understanding to, to decipher good from evil. We won't have the, 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 the understanding to see what is good and what is right. What, it, what is the difference between right and wrong? And that's how easy sin creeps into our life. The moment we put Jesus aside just for a little bit, that's when sin creeps in. Sometimes he creeps in when we, we are gung-ho for the Lord. But a lot of times it's when we, well, I don't really need Jesus today. I don't really need to pray today. I don't need to really pray this week. And it becomes easier and easier and easier. And wisdom we lack, understanding we lack. And then when that door opens up for gluttony, sexual immorality, and any other sin, it becomes so easy to jump in. It becomes so easy to dive in. And like I said, sin is amazing. Sin feels good. It tastes good. And like the like the, this little passage of the unruly woman, she tells her guests, stolen water is really sweet and food eaten in secret is delicious. But what her guests don't know is all those who partaked in that stolen water and food eaten in secret, all her guests are deep in the realm of dead. In other words, they're either in hell or they're so far deep in sin, it'll take a miracle to get them out. So today's episode is a little bit different. I had a hard time trying to navigate through how to address this because gluttony is one of those things, like I said, we don't really talk about, we don't want to talk about. And there's just a fine line. There's the gray areas in that in terms of how we can glorify our bodies and make it so much about our physical appearance that that becomes a God. But I want to address the, the importance of keeping your body the temple of the Lord. Your body is holy. It is a living sacrifice. And God died on the cross for you, not just for your soul, for your physical being, because your physical being is what fulfills the Great Commission, along with your spiritual being. It takes both. So again, hope you're so encouraged by this episode and let me know your thoughts on it. And I will see y'all next week. We're wrapping up this season. It's gone by really, really fast. And I'm excited to see what next season has in store. We have some great speakers lined up. And yeah, y'all have a great week. Have a good one. Like, share, comment, do all the things. And I will see y'all next time.